But okay, no, no, so no, going back no, to the... So, okay, okay. Um, labor itself, like you said, is an extension of man's work yes. of creation, right? It's, it's the extension of the creator's work through now, does, humanity. Um, labor exists... I know that work exists before the fall, but does oh, labor... Okay, exists. Yes. Okay, so let's assume that, like... Yeah. Toilsome labor yeah, is the but, punishment. So... Uh, Till and keep the garden before the fall, and then by the sweat of your brow shall you bring forth bread to eat. So okay, so I think understand that it's never going to be perfect, and it's always going to be hard. Um, it's it's so this is where I think capitalism gets it's it's all about the black hand. That's where that's where like the hard part. That's that's the hardest part. Is why. Why did people stop buying all those Saturn cars? Or like why did they go why were people not buying their cars? Well, I think ultimately uh I mean I, I believe if I remember correctly, they had a build on demand model where they didn't build a surplus of vehicles and then sell them. They were building individual vehicles and selling them to individuals who were buying them. So it was an on-demand system, which really doesn't work in the automotive industry. The idea is you cut back dramatically on waste, but then you can never truly scale up to to any sort of real demand. So people were waiting. It's like kind of what you're seeing with Tesla almost. People are waiting months and months and months to get their car. Well, pretty soon, you're just hemorrhaging cash. Like, say what you will about a Tesla. It's a terribly made vehicle. So, like, like, let's talk about efficiency. Within the rear wheel well of a Tesla, their new um, car that just came out that's supposed to be like an affordable car, there are nine welding points. Okay? Now, that might be like, okay, whatever. In a Ford wheel well, there are zero welding points or maybe one because the machines stamp out that. And so by the time it's, you have a wheel well, it's already stamped through the metal process. But because Tesla constantly proves that they don't know what they're doing when it comes to scale they have they massively delay all of their production because they don't know how to do it correctly or they're not doing it efficiently so efficiency equals uh lowered cost of goods the higher the efficiency the lower the cost of goods the easier it is for people to afford it so this is always my problem with the vatican issuing the social justice group of the Vatican or the USCCB or the deacon down at the diocese, they say the deacon down at the diocese. Yeah, who's, he, so I had to take a social justice class. Now, I love the social justice encyclicals. I've read every single one of them. Says every conservative Catholic ever. Yeah, I love it as long as it doesn't step on my capitalist toes. Uh, look at my blue suede shoes. Bought them from Elvis, cost me $20,000. Uh, sorry, poor person. Uh, no college for you. Um, <laughs> but I... I always, like, things where they say things like, the economy is for man, not man for the economy. Work is for man, not man for work. I understand how that falls on me as an individual. But to sit there and say, like, oh, man, you got to pursue people over profit, I think there is a right and a wrong way to talk about this. But I, oftentimes, you just get platitudes and condemnations of greed. Okay, so, I mean, like, this is my go-to point. Yeah, that's um, true. That's true. And this yeah. is where I struggle. I, th- okay, discussion over instruction. This is 100% a struggle for me. Just wage. To me, a just wage does not mean a living wage. I don't know what living wage means. It's not concrete enough. Well, so as, can I yeah, interject yeah, yeah, please, on that? Absolutely. So, 
I just remember because I, I was we I was in a group that I'm talking about this and it really hit me. They were uh, diving into the catechism. I don't know if this was um Ratzinger or not who said this, but it pretty much comes down to two things from what I understand. Um, on the one is that it like equals th- like his or hers production, you know, and like and the value of that. And then two, so it you know like if they you know um produce a thing that helps make you know you know ten thousand dollars in an hour and it's worth how much you know and it has to accurately on the meat how much it's worth and then like how and like in that in it that it matches its true production value if you will i don't know if, i don't know what that means. okay so i mean i'll read it right from the catechism i already i had it open so uh, 2434 a just wage is the legitimate fruit of work to refuse or withhold it can be a grave injustice i 100 percent agree in determining fair pay, both the needs and the contributions of each person must be taken into account. And here's a quote. Remuneration yeah. for work should guarantee man the opportunity to provide a, quote, dignified livelihood for himself and his family on the material, social, cultural, and spiritual level. That's part two that I was going to. Yeah. Material, to. social, cultural, and spiritual level. Taking into account the role and the productivity of each. The state of the business and the common good. Agreement is uh, that was from uh, twenty one. Oh, uh, Gaudium et Spes, uh, everyone's favorite sixties uh, Vatican II document. Agreement between the parties is not sufficient to justify morally yes. the amount to be received in wages. And that's really that actually really bothers me when people say it doesn't matter they uh, they uh, they agree to it. It's not. Tr- like that's not true. Okay, this is what this is how I struggle with this because I have read. Uh, I get the Catholic Daily Worker, Catholic Worker. Like I read that. Quit trying to justify that you care about social justice. Just talk. No, no, no. What I'm saying by this is every time I read their arguments, I can't understand. There's nothing. There is there is no just principle within it that I feel like governs the way I pay people. Okay, so what I mean by this, a just wage to me means me and the labor, if, if I'm the capital, if I'm the employer and there's a laborer, what is just is what we agree upon. Okay, so the laborer says, I will work for you for $10 an hour. And I say, oh, hell no, this is unskilled labor. You can work for me for $8 an hour. But if you're working for me for $10, I can't make any profit. And it's like, yeah, well, I demand a living wage. Well, what is a living wage? That is such a loose target. It doesn't mean anything. I don't think it. I don't, I don't actually think that that's true. Okay. Well, this I is think- my example that I go to all the time. It's a real world example. You can't deny it because it helped uplift an entire. I'm a fucking riot. <laughs> it helped <laughs> uplift an entire group out of poverty in the United States of America. The Vietnamese and the Chinese working on u.s railroads in the in the 1900s so what is i saw a, a play about it <laughs> so you know in, in california you know they're building the transcontinental railroad california going east the east going west and they're trying to meet in the middle and you have all these chinese and vietnamese workers and the phrase was a white man a chinaman cannot outwork a white man but a chinaman can outlive a white man for a Chinaman has no problem living 
with uh, 10 or 20 other people in a small one-bedroom apartment. But a white man has dignity and self-respect. He demands that he has his own room. That's the superiority of the white man. So the state of California gave the world a minimum wage to directly remove Chinese and Vietnamese laborers from the marketplace by raising the salary so high you would pay a white man 10 cents, a Chinaman 4 cents, but then the minimum wage was 9 cents. So who's going to hire a Chinaman who barely speaks English? You're going to hire the white men 10 times out of 10. So the minimum wage was created to price people out of the market because they live so frugally. But they choose to live that way for the sake of the future generations. That they are able, so for instance, if you have 10 people living in a one-bedroom apartment and all 10 of them are working or you know, eight of them or six of them are working, they're the adults, and they all work for four cents. Six people working for four cents is going to bring in more money, and then you divide it six ways, the one cost of the apartment six ways, whereas one white man living in that one apartment, it's going to cost them. And so what does a living wage mean to the Chinaman and to the white man? To the white man, it means you owe me, you know, 10 cents an hour, 10 cents a day, whatever it was back then. You owe me uh, uh, $3,000 a month so that I can pay for my apartment, my food, my car. my. Th- well, so you get a car? Is that a living wage? Okay, so hear me out on this. Yes. Uh, and also, Auntie and Uncle Wade, I am f- I am three and a half beers in, so I get. <laughs> please don't hold this against me. Um, y- y- you can tell that like who I want to a piece here, and like you know, um, have people tell me that they are like proud of me. Um, <clears throat> okay, this is where I think Austrian economics is actually like really important. And it is a tragedy that it cannot work within our modern system. And I'm going to do my best to not speak in platitudes, even though I just did. Uh, a living wage, in my mind, um, like it means that if I work full-time, if I, if I have a job and I am one person, I can afford to live. I can afford house. I can afford, I can afford to eat. You know, like like the things that the church I'm um, talked about, you know, uh, culture and blah 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 blah, all of and like all of all of that stuff. So let's take um San Francisco. That's probably where we've seen the most dramatic change over a um a thirty to forty year time period. I, oh I yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. So, um, Okay, so like fun, so like fun, uh, uh, fun fact: uh, the guy who's in charge of Twitter and Square is going to move Square's headquarters, I believe, to St. Louis. It was uh, uh, just announced a couple of um, weeks ago. I think it's a great idea. Why? Because it's cheaper for people to live in like St. You know, in St. Louis. So when it comes to like a just a you know like a just wage. You could argue it's actually impossible for a person to pay a um, a living wage out in out in San Francisco, so you then have to move your business, if you will, to a place where you can. Right, and that's um, again, like, and, and I'm in, and I'm and in total in. agreement with you. I one and I think that's uh, I think it is unjust to expect any sort of entry or beginning level people 
to live and have a family in the city and anywhere near San Francisco, it's so gross. It's it's, it's ins- I don't know how you know and yeah. like um, Denver's on its way there. Austin's pretty much already there. Unlike New York's been there for a very long, long time, you know. And so, um, it. Uh, but, but what am I, what, what am I trying, trying to uh, trying to say here is that um, what you need to be able to do is. Sorry, I, I sorry. I have like twenty different things going on in my in my head right now. Plus booze. If you have if if you cannot afford to pay a living wage to your employees out in out in um San Francisco, you need to move shop. Now let's pretend that you can't. So then, like, so like, what do you? So if you are if you are square. You can do that. You can you can like up and move to um you know he's gonna take he's gonna move it all to um St Louis or I don't know if he's moving all of it but like a big portion of it out to um St Louis creating um seventeen hundred jobs. I think it's phenomenal. It's great for um St Louis. It's what Middle America actually desperately um needs right now is for that to happen. Yeah. But what do you do if you're the San Francisco public school system? And the part of me I'm a wonders then is that then on. The government, and this kind of sounds crazy, to tell certain um, to, to tell certain businesses you need to leave because there's too many of you here, and it's this is I mean it's not a sustainable. It's so like so then like what do you do? And this is where I wonder where is this um, a place where you need to have the government step in? I don't know how you do this in a way that is reasonable. Right. Okay. But let's okay. I, I want to narrow the focus because oftentimes when I talk with people about just wage, it immediately becomes, well, CEOs make too much money. And do you really think what they do is – I hate that bullshit. Right, right, that. right. I don't yeah. – uh, now, there is a problem with CEO compensation. And, in fact, the funny thing is the book that I'm reading right now, Battle for The Battle for the Soul of Capitalism by uh, John Bogle, the guy that started Vanguard, he has left and right Republican, Democrat – people endorsing the book and I'm reading through it. And I'm like, this makes sense. So I, I like what he has to say, but, and I'm just now through the whole CEO compensation. But every time I have this conversation, I think we can both agree. It's an unjust wage. If you and I um, agree upon a wage and you as the employer do not pay me that wage. So the, at the bare minimum, an unjust action is when if we agree you're going to pay me $5 an hour, like that part in Mad Men where at one point the boy of, you know, John, whatever his name is. He, Johnny D. He's staying. You remember that? It's like Great Depression. And a hobo comes up and he works yes. and then the dad doesn't yep. pay him. It's a great episode. Right. And then the guy marks, you know, on the door, you know, mailbox or whatever, don't come here. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is unjust. And the scripture says that's one of four sins. That cries out to God for judgment. Murder, sodomy, stiffing your laborers, and something else I can't think of. Um, is one of four. So I, I agree that in God's mind and in scripture, this is a massively significant issue. And I also do think people can manipulate the, the people with money and with options can manipulate scenarios to force wages down in an unjust way. So for instance, uh, I was reading about these U.S. companies in Mexico that open up their factories miles away from the nearest town so that the people who can't afford cars have to bus in and out. 
they own the buses. They control where everyone is at any time. So Gosh, it's just like a, it's just like when the um, companies used to own the whole town. Yeah, yeah, which is Sugarland. Sugarland was owned by Imperial Sugar, and they built the company housing. You know what's like crazy about that is like I know a guy who grew up in a town just like that. We're not that far removed from that. Yeah, stuff. but some of those were great, and some of those were terrible. Chiquita Banana built on, in Honduras built housing for their laborers, but also for their families. And then built schools in the middle of the field so that the children could learn while the husbands who had no knowledge could work the fields and their wives could tend the home and make the food. And everyone was right there within walking distance. But didn't they kill a bunch of people too? Dole took over. Dole. And Dole shut down all the schools from what I've heard. I don't know how 100% true is, but when I was in Honduras, that was the story told to me by a lawyer with Dole. Um, (laughs) So... (laughs) So... One of the things that is – so I'm, I'm not just sitting here saying, like, whatever they say goes, you know, the capitalist is always right. But, yeah, I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is there is no hard and fast definite. I mean, look at this. Should guarantee man the opportunity – guarantee – what? okay, what does that mean? The opportunity to provide a dignified livelihood for himself and his family on the material, social, cultural, and spiritual level, taking into account the role and the productivity of each, the state of the business – and the common good. So I understand state of the business, common good, productivity of each. So if I lack an intellectual capacity for higher order thinking, I am capable of only basic level work. How, should I be paid $70,000 because I have the right to cultural interaction you know, what, what, like, how do I look at this as a Catholic owner of a company and say, okay. oh, this is what I owe you. It's not enough that you're fine working for $100 for this contractual task that I'm going to pay you. But I have to pay you $300, even though you're fine with 100 Yeah, you would love to get paid more. And, yes, I would love to pay you less. But if your work is valuable to me, I can only pay it for what I can possibly pay and what – I think it's worth. Now, I mean, there have been plenty of times where I have overpaid people. Uh, literally, like the guy that cut my lawn and weed whacked, I gave yeah. him more. I go, how much is it? He goes, 30 And I go, can I give you $40? Because you guys did a phenomenal job. And That's they did. I hate. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. I don't like it when people try to get rid of um tipping because I'm like, you are killing. Like, uh, it, sorry. I love tipping. I made so much money as a, as a busser because of tipping. So, I mean, this is my thing. It's like a just wage makes sense because uh, if when I say a just wage, I mean a wage that two parties enter into. I understand that those two parties, one of those has more of the power than the other one. But in, in the modern U.S. economy, the reason why capital is mobile is because you can take your shit and leave. Right? You can – if you become a worker and your wages are low – it, like just the very next passage says it is morally legitimate to strike. And, you know, honestly, the freedoms of the United States guarantee that in the Bill of Rights. Um, capitalism, so, I mean, Austrian economics yeah. says a strike is a market signal to the bosses that the labor is undervalued. I want to add, yeah. like add something really quick. So to your point of um, – to try to get to your back to your point of like if a person who's doing, you know, highly unskilled labor – should they be paid like $70,000? Um, 
right now, according to the okay, so according to the like the teachings of the Catholic Church, the what the dignity of the human person demands, yes, absolutely. Now, that's unsustainable, though. Yeah, no, I disagree so with you, you so what, I, because literally it says taking into account the role and productivity of each. Are you going to pay a Walmart greeter $70,000? But, but, but if they can't afford to get an apartment, what do you do? Right. So if, that's if they the quite question. literally can't afford to get an apartment, like, you have to. You, Christian um, charity demands you have to. No, a just society demands that something has to happen. But I don't and, think and, and, it's well, the wait, role. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Hold on a second. Yeah. So, like, I, I do not agree with that. Okay. Be, because, like, you're putting, um, you're putting capitalism above the teachings of the Catholic Church. No, you literally just said, if uh, you, we should, uh, let me just summarize it. You should pay Walmart greeters $70,000 because they deserve it for their if, dignified livelihood. If but that, that if, would, wait, 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 yeah. wait. If, if that's the amount that they have to make in order to be able to afford on the food and rent, yes. Okay, but it would bankrupt the company. So maybe not Walmart. It's not going to bankrupt Walmart because one section, because the Walmart in San Francisco, you have to pay people 120000 Because Okay, I don't know if you know this, but there was just a study done that $106,000 is considered poverty level in the city of San Francisco. $106,000. Anywhere else, you're riding high on the hog. Almost. Yeah. Right. So, okay. I, okay. So fair enough. But what I'm so, saying is, what I'm wait, saying wait, I, is, wait, I have like, uh, I have um, one more point. Can I just add? Really, yeah. Really, really quick. Sorry. And I have to burp. Sorry. Go on. Three and a half in. Um, the problem that I have with a lot of this is we always talk about upping like minimum wage or what people make without ever talking about purchasing power. And I think if we paid more attention to how do we make the dollar go like a farther as opposed to uh, pumping in on more money because it's just going to become like, – like ultimately, it's going to become worthless. And you're going to be pumping in all of this money and like the, and the, um, and like, um, rent and um, what is going to continue to go up. And it doesn't like – I, I, I kind of go back to this idea of how was my grandfather able to own like a barbershop and buy a house and have three kids. He was able to do that. I don't think he was um, raking in the dough, but he went to college because people told him, hey, you'd be great at sales. You should um, go to business. You should go to um, business uh, school. So he did. And from what I've heard, he didn't really make that much more than what he made as a barber. And that's not possible any, anymore. And there's um, something wrong when um, we're not paying attention to purchasing power. And I, so I, I just want to add that. Okay. In, in, yeah. In fair enough. So, but, sorry. so my thing. Okay. So my thing is if the moral demand imposed on an enterprise from the Catholic church bank bankrupts anyone trying to live that moral demand, then the moral demand doesn't, I'm not saying capitalism is over. I'm just saying a Catholic company who values its employees can't pay those certain employees a certain amount of money without going bankrupt. And you said, well, I like, uh, you got to go bankrupt. Okay. And so what I'm saying is then. No, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that we should um, go bankrupt. Well, you, you, you said to me that a Catholic. Okay. Well, let me just put it this way. If it's unfeasible economically, then it can't be required morally. And I'm saying just business as is is not what I'm arguing for. I'm not arguing for 
robber baron capitalism because I feel like people turn it into the stupid yeah. caricature oh, yeah. of I the argument. I don't I think you're doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying is the moral demand can't like morality can't say well you you are morally required to fly well i don't have wings i can't fly well i guess you're just immoral it is an uncertain and undefinable thing to say you have to pay someone a a dignified livelihood when a vietnamese family lives with two other families they have no problem with it and their margins of living is two hundred dollars a month combined because they live on a yeah. bag of rice. No, I mean, seriously. These are real human beings. Yeah, yeah. Literally millions of human beings lived on bags of rice in small apartment complexes in the U.S. While their co-workers lived on big meals every day. And breakfast is the most important meal of the day. And blah, blah, blah. Chicken in every pot. And their cost per living was, was not just multiples. Was exponentially higher. So what does the a chicken dignified... in every pot was a century later? Right, but no, but the, a chicken Sorry. in every Half pot. The reason why a chicken in every pot was such a controversial phrase and memorable was that chickens are super expensive to eat. They were in those times. You eat the eggs, you don't eat the chickens. Yeah, but that's but that's an FDR thing, and you're comparing it to the time of the Elmo Railroad. I'm not comparing is... it to the time. I was just joking and throwing out. Oh, a, sorry, yeah. I was just showing no, like I mean... expensive living versus people yeah. who literally for them they were dignified. So, okay, so... So how do you say, like, adjust... Because when you raise minimum wage, right, you are pricing people's labor that, can't, that isn't worth that much out of the market. Yeah. Um, no, no, no. I agree. I, 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 hope, I really hope people don't think that I'm coming across as, like, anti-capitalism because I don't think that Catholic um, social um, teaching is incompatible with... Capitalism as a theory. Well, I mean, Centesimus Anus, it is not. It is the best way to distribute private property and private enterprise is the best way to distribute the universal goods of the of the of creation. It's not perfect, but it is yeah, the yeah, best no, no, economic the best system. Yeah, yeah. Now it has Sorry, to be a I'm system saying... informed by more morality and well, justice. And that's Absolutely. the problem because it's informed by growth and power. But, I mean, many right people well, 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 who grow well, to me, huge positions of power say you do it. Like, yeah, there are examples of bad actors who rise quickly, but often more sustainable, especially smaller yes. businesses. Yeah. It's the same because, I mean, like the entire jewelry industry in the United States, which is spans a distance from lower middle class to elite ultra luxury, right? Almost the entire jewelry industry on the East Coast is handled within Orthodox Judaism. And they, literally, these Jewish people from Israel to Europe to diamond mines, all this stuff, all operate it as a family, as an interchange of family business. And mm-hmm. they that operate it purely. I mean, it is a business. It is service. It is all this stuff. But they don't view any of this, even when they're dealing in high-end luxury goods or selling a diamond to, you know, a tiny little diamond to someone to propose to a woman. Like, it is a part of their family life for literally generations. Like... But they, that doesn't mean – like that's capitalism, right? That, that's just as capitalistic as Ford Motor Company, I guess. You know, like th- that's the type of small business that I'm thinking of. It, it is unsustainable if you're a liar and a cheat. Word gets around too fast. Yeah, no, I agree.
You can I only tread you. that water. I mean, people do tread that water. People are bullies and people are jerks, and they walk that line between you know fiscal responsibility and being an no, asshole. No, but if you are a small business, like you can't screw people. Like yeah, yeah. and and, and people and it, do it. Right? I mean, people do it all the time. So then you have the rise of consumer evaluating agencies, like because well, there's a greater demand for a, an honest plumber than there is for just plumbers. And so people yeah. go to third parties and the Better Business Bureau and all that stuff. Yelp and things like that. Yeah. yeah. So um, this is a yeah, – we haven't had a conversation um, like this in a while, and I'm loving it. Yeah. So uh, my whole thing is it's I not that I deny a living wage. I do think you should pay – like if you're in San Francisco and you're paying people $25,000 a year, you are saying you're not allowed to live in the city and work here. But the worker themselves should say it's not worth it. For See, me I don't – I, I do not agree with that. So the public because school system probably can't afford to pay teachers $130,000 a year, even if they tax. But, so here's why I don't agree with that. Because you are putting people in an impossible a position where they're quite literally powerless. But they're not and, powerless. They can leave. No, no, because you're – no, like that's – that is – the people who can leave are people like you and me who can go home if things get screwed up. Like, we have the flexibility that we can leave. Someone who's born and raised in, I'm saying, I keep on calling it SFO because that's every time I go, airport. The, I go to the airport. <laughs> I know. So, sorry. Um, people who are born and raised in San Francisco, uh, you know, who their whole um, family's there, but they can't do anything else but drive a bus, they can't afford to move anywhere. Like they don't have, they don't really have, they don't, you know, have, they don't, that, that's like one of the issues with, um, not, not, not like issues, but I think this is one of the things where I do for lack of a better term have to, you know, quote unquote, check my privilege in the sense that like, I can't assume that everyone has the flexibilities that I had. If I wanted to take an internship at a Catholic record label at the age of 24, I did that and I could do that because I can move home when it got fucked up. I'm not saying that it did, but I, you know, I had that, I had that, I had that flexibility. If I'm a, you know, 21 year old first generation American living out in, living out in the Bay Area, I have no, I don't have that flexibility. I can't move to Greensboro and then just go home when it doesn't work out. So why? I mean, the number one reason why immigrants move from a place is to seek better employment. There's so what I'm talking about is there is nothing legally, politically binding people to a locale. I mean the the promise of America to so many other people, like in China, it is illegal for citizens of one province to move to another province. It is illegal, and they are considered illegal immigrants within their own country. So I met an illegal immigrant. I stayed. I lived for a day. In a commune, not a commune, but a ghettoed community that was the most impoverished place on in China, probably, uh, where a woman was sewing sequins beads. That's a pretty big statement. Yeah, I, I, that I would 100% back up. It was one step above a shanty town on the outskirts of Shanghai, right next to the Shanghai American School, which is a freaking golf course gilded with high walls and Chinese military people that guard it. And right on the other side, there are dozens of people living in absolute squalor right next to a trash dump. 
But that's all of that's like a lot of China's like that. Uh, a lot of China's in poverty, absolutely. But these people are literally illegally alive. So okay, sorry, yeah, yeah, it's true. That's true. Sorry. Right. Yeah. So that's what I mean. Like, like their whole life situation ends if they get seen, <laughs> right? Like, so this these women that's true. That's true. and that's they true. have little hooks on their wall. They live in they live in a, a like the room that I'm in now is bigger than their whole house, and their whole house is just one room. With beds that they also have, and they have more than one kid because they're already illegal. So who cares? I'm not going to get an abortion because I think it's immoral, right? And half of them are Christian, right? So they live in these horrible, <laughs> right? Like, so it was awful, right? So I seen this stuff, but my my whole proposition within this is they can't move, and yet they did it anyway because it was better for them to get away from their rural province, which had no big city to go and come to Shanghai, it was better for, even though it's horrible, it was better than what they came from. So someone making $10,000 a year does not have the ability to do what I can do because I have $10,000 in my savings account or you know in my checking account or whatever. Like I understand that. But what I'm saying is the purpose of American freedoms is to rip away those any external constrictions that would prevent a man and a woman who are married saying we like, and this is why they protest the busing, the buses, at, the Google buses and the whatnot at um, in, in San Francisco is because the buses that pick up the Google employees who make $210,000 a year, those buses leave and they'll, they'll literally block the municipal buses from picking up the hotel maids and the, you know, whatever, from being able to get to work. They'll just block, they'll just park there. And the city lets them. So, that, yeah, there's un- injustice in systems. I'm not denying any of that. What I'm saying is, if it gets to a point, this has been literally the history of humanity. People who hit such dire poverty in an area get out and they immediately go to another area. And I'm saying in America, that's the easy, the, we have, live in the easiest place to do it. It's 100% harder for them to do it than it is for me. But it's not impossible. In fact, that's what people I, do all I, the time. I, but I don't think that should be the standard, though. I don't think the standard should be, we'll just move. But that's the point of capital that's fluid. Is when an but, economic... But, okay, if your area becomes depressed because the automotive plant shut down, you have to leave to find work. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm, 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 I'm not saying that, like... I'm not saying that it is wrong to go and leave to find work or that people shouldn't, quote, unquote, have to do. Oh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to say that I don't think it should be the norm. No, it shouldn't. And, and in a prosperous age, it wouldn't be. Right. If, if Part of it is that friends just fucked everything because everyone wanted to go and live in <laughs> um, Manhattan and work. No, but I'm serious. I'm no, I'm I'm really serious about this. We had this ideal that if uh, that if we just lived in a downtown area, everything would be fine. Yeah. Or if we had this, you know, quote unquote, like, you know, like like all these um, all these um, millennials want to want to like um, shit on the American dream, but they have their own, and it's friends. It is how I met your mother. It's having an apartment with ex- with exposed brick that's in a huge city that is that is gigantic, and I can do whatever job I want, yeah. and everything's fine. Yeah. That's not reality, and it quite literally screwed the middle class. That idea, this idea that I can't be happy if I just work at a factory or if I actually, God forbid, stayed home. Right. I couldn't find happiness. Like that, that false American dream that they bought into through, through you know, 
NBC, ABC, and all of the yeah. news companies, you know, all the other TV stations and stuff like that. Because, like, honestly, I mean, so. So here's a, a social system that. that's an injustice, right? Like, this is where we talk about social sin. So we have a culture that holds up friends. These people, none of them really work. I mean, a couple of them have vague jobs, paleontologists, whatever. But they live in these monstrous apartments as 20-somethings or 30-somethings, right? And they're able to write it off as in, like, it's my grandmother's thing that we got somehow. Right, right, right. Whatever. Whatever. But it becomes a standard by which everyone wants to, like, yeah. everyone wants to have. Yeah. yeah. But what the culture then does is it says, you know the old adage, you can't play unless you pay. Well, we're going to show you that that's not true. In the new economy, you can play before you pay. It's called credit cards. And we have, it used to be that very few people got credit cards. Credit cards were technological loans. They were instantaneous loans. And to get a loan, you had to go through, in the 70s and 80s, you had to go through a rigorous banking process. Yeah, but, but our uh, culture, no, yes, because if you, the you majority know, if, of if Americans back, are enslaved to debt. No, I agree, but it doesn't go back, it goes back much farther than that. Of you can course look at, it like, does. Sears, I'm just giving like, you one definition of it. Like, the whole idea of... Of, like, a culture that imposes, like, you deserve your friend's apartment. So now you have people who are <clears throat> living in a New York apartment or a Brooklyn brownstone, blah, 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 that now it absorbs 50% of their income. So they are house poor. Mm -hmm. Do, does a dignified livelihood mean they have a right to a Brooklyn brownstone in a gentrified neighborhood? Okay, so, and, ugh, obviously... No, but what happens when that's the only place where you can live? But what do you mean by only place where you can live? Because you can bus 20 minutes. My dad did uh, that every damn day of his life when he was 14 to when he was 21. He bussed. He took two, uh, a train, the L train in Philly, and you can hear my mom screaming, the L train. Took the L train in Philly and took two buses to go to Roman Catholic High School in Philadelphia. That's the only school that his mother could afford to send him to because she was a single mom in the 1950s in Philly, and she worked two jobs. She had to work those jobs because her husband abandoned her. So what did she do? She worked one job. She had no education. She had no skill. She worked a job, and they paid her pittance. So she had mm -hmm. to get a second job. She had to do that. All of her kids worked from the age of eight or nine. They all worked, you know, neighborhood stuff, doing stuff, whatever. My mm -hmm. dad, the day he turned 18 in the middle of the school year, she gave him a $100 bill, a new pair of pants, and pushed him out the door. He had to bus to work, right? Because capital, if, if you, the more fluid you can be, and I don't like this because I believe in community and rootedness. But the reality is if you want more capital, if they're paying $80,000 for a skilled plumber in Idaho because there's not enough skilled plumbers in Idaho and you're willing to leave uh, Houston because there's too many skilled plumbers in Houston that it's bringing down the wages to 50,000 because there's too much competition for the labor. It's not dear. Then you go to Idaho because you're lick, because you're mobile. Capital is mobile. You go where it is. So uh, there's no such thing as like a living wage. Oh, that's $15 and 75 cents. That's $70,000 because different markets are different. You have a whole bunch of people who are doing it, but that's what. But like out in, but like, I agree with you. But the problem, though, 
is you're dealing with the fact that out in almost San Francisco, it's not 20 minutes, it's 90 minutes. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's absurd. And so it becomes this thing of like, I, I don't... It wasn't 20 minutes for my dad. It was 20 minutes each bus ride. Um, right now, okay, I mean, I'll use the example. My dad just retired from a job. Essentially, the closest neighborhood that they felt like for the house they wanted, it was 30 minutes to an hour for my dad to go to work. Mm-hmm. Okay, he had to make a decision. Do we want to live in an economically worse area, but closer to the city? Or do we want to live in an economically better area, but cost us less money by living further away? Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, that's, isn't that almost every city? <laughs> like, you can live in a city, and it's shit, or it's amazing. That's not, see that, um, right, many cities. not true anymore. I mean, many cities, the it's, gentrified it's places. The nice places are gentrified, or you live in the older places that are run down. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. I yeah, that's what I meant. Something else. Sorry. Okay. No, no, okay. no. Or no, you no. run to the burbs. And so my dad would take a bus every day to work, and it would take him 35 minutes on the you know high occupancy vehicle lane to get to work. Mm-hmm. And he would pray his rosary and do his morning devotions and. People would encourage we, him to answer emails, and he would tell them, if you want me to read my email off the screen of a tiny little phone, you got another thing coming. I'm 65 years old. You can go to hell. I do think we need more public transportation. Anywho, <laughs> after being out of a place that like had it, it was great, and coming out to um, southwest Ohio, I was like, what the hell? Yeah. Um, sorry. Um, okay, so here's a point I had like 25 minutes ago that I'm just <laughs> going to say. Um I think as a Catholic, okay, so let's pretend I'm a Catholic a business owner and I yeah. run a, it's just tough. It's just hard and I get it, but there's a part of me in my mind where I says, well, isn't this the cross though? That let's pretend I own a, um, a widgets company, use the classic example because I'm, you know, four beers in. Um, I, to grow, I want to open up this new part of, of the factory, but it pay people it like living wage. I can't afford to, to do that, but I can't afford to you know pay them half of that. You don't open it up. You don't do it. Because if you can't afford to pay people a just wage, you can't, you can't do it. And you have to sacrifice the higher profits. Now, and I understand, like, what if you're a publicly traded um, company? Okay, so that's a whole other conversation. But, like, like you, if you cannot afford to pay people a living wage, you don't open up that a division. And perhaps uh, you move that to Omaha where you can for that amount. I don't know. Um, what do you think? Uh, I would think, okay, so instead of people paying people $100 an hour, you can't afford to do that in what X, Y, and you're in Houston, can't afford $100 an hour. You could open it for $50 an hour, but you don't think people could survive in Houston. So you're going to go to Oklahoma where dreams go to die, and you're going to pay people $50 an hour, and that's actually decent. That's what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. So like, you have like, the moral obligation yes. to not open it in Houston, but to open it in Stillwater, yeah, Oklahoma. I, like I'm, let's just assume that it, you know, um, 
it, you know, cost or like, you know, like overall, to, you know, in terms of like the logistics of like having it out there will cost you less still than if you were to do it out in Texas and you were, would like save money and you're paying a just wage still. So like, I, like I of, would of say what you would pay if you were like, so sorry, here yeah, me out okay. really quick. So here's the, here's the, so if it, if it costs you $2 million to do what, uh, to do what you want to do, but that's not a just wage out at um, Texas to move to Oklahoma It'll cost you like two point. It'll cost you like two million, but it is a just wage. Move to Oklahoma, or it's like a little bit higher, but it's still less than what it would be if you wanted to do it in Houston. That's all. Sorry, carry on. So obviously, there's a lot to go into this. My question, yeah, 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 yeah. right? My question becomes. Then your options, if your options is simply, I could open it here, I can open it there. If I open it here, it's going to be difficult. If I open it there, it's, I can still pay people a lower amount. However, boom, it's going to be fine. I think that if it were just that easy, AB, I think that is market efficiency. I think a business owner would look around the landscape and say, all right, I cannot sell these new widgets widgets plus if my labor costs were a hundred dollars per laborer per hour but i can sell it for fifty dollars per laborer hour per labor right well i mean it's why people do stuff out of, out of, out in asia and whatnot because it exactly costs less exactly so you're saying it's morally required to move the place where the cost of living is lower if it re- it's required to, s- to manufacture that good at, at all, it has to be at a much lower price. No. Uh, um, like, you can, make, you can make... No, no, no. I, I would say if you want to... Gr- all, all, all that I'm saying, if you want to grow your company and you have a choice between being able to pay a, you know, just wage or a non-just wage, you have to pay... If if you if you want to grow your company, you have to pay the just wage. And if you don't want to move this to, you know, wherever, then you don't build it. Wait, say that because again. Say not, that again. Okay. Okay. So if you want to grow your company out in I'm a Houston, Texas, but in order to do that, you have to pay people out in like I'm Houston an unjust wage or like a non living wage. You don't grow your company in that way. So let's say you're you're, you're making um, you're making um, you're making um widgets. You you make a good rod to go with those widgets. <laughs> I'm, I'm just keeping I'm basic like every yeah. uh, every uh, business. Want to grow an inanimate carbon rod? Go on. Yeah, this inanimate carbon so much there. Um, if you want to do it in um Texas. And you're like the only way I can do this is if I pay um, not um, living wages. You as a Catholic can't do that. So yes, your business has like has to suffer, quote unquote. But that's the cross. Now it gets complicated if you are a publicly traded um company where people want to see continuous growth, and I get that. And so I don't – I mean, that's a whole other conversation. Okay, so what okay. 
So then you open everything in Asia, and to pay someone 50 cents an hour is a dream come true to people who live in Asia. Yes, it is a living wage. Let's just assume it's a living wage. It's a living wage to pay them a fraction of what you would pay an Oklahoman, a Texan, or a Californian. So now you have removed all industry from the area, including those whose labor is not worth $100. I'm not saying, see, this is one of the problems we're talking about just wage. When you say living wage, I think one of the problems is you, so often we say what your labor is worth, and it sounds like I'm saying what you are worth as a human being, right? And I don't think that's true. Yeah. And so, and I think there's an emotional component because it sounds like, like wages is a term that we created that just means the price of labor, right? It's just a price, but we added the word wage because it's a little bit different. So if you say it is the U.S. Congress, I use unskilled labor, and because I use the most unskilled labor, I give them one task. You take this thing, you screw this nut on it, and you just do that 10,000 times a day, and it's mind-numbing. But if I ask I, you to do yeah. anything, right, it's mind-numbing. I think, and people, I think it's morally wrong. Right. So, but anyways, but, yeah. but then what happens, Luke? If that's mind-numbing, they go to robots and everyone loses their job. Or they go to Asia where they are happy to have mind-numbing labor for at least a while. And then they throw themselves out windows like they do at Foxconn. Um, like we know that the human mind is not capable of just doing one remote one rote task over yeah, and over like can't totally. turn it to machine that's been around since the you know i'm um, 1700 right 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 and people have been doing that and trying to figure out how to do that because the idea is yeah. if, if if i build an expensive um uh, jig working jig the more expensive the jig the less expensive the laborer you know a man well, can build you a house if he's super talented he can build you a house with a tool belt's worth of tools I right mean, ultimately this this ultimately just comes down to the problem that, like, we don't have a Christian a society, which I know is a platitude. But this is a, this is a, this is a direct result of Descartes. You but, can trace this back to that. But I would say, like, the Walmart day greeter who gets paid minimum wage and works no more than four hours a day so that he doesn't have to be a full-time employee and get benefits. Like, they're not going to give that guy benefits. That guy doesn't, you know, whatever, because he's not contributing. He cannot contribute a large amount of valuable labor to Walmart. Walmart is built to use the lowest cost labor possible, right? That, the whole system is built but to then be the as model's cheap. wrong. Right, then right, right. The there, wrong. there are elements of that model that is wrong. But the moment you tweak that model, you make prices skyrocket. And then the people – this is the argument is the moment you remove efficiency is the moment you allow – you punish poor people who need to buy those products. So you're saying because of – and and number one, Walmart's efficiency has saved trillions of trees because of how they just change boxing and all this. What they demand sets industries, right? I mean we can all understand because they're buying power. They're a monopsony in that way. But the idea is – and, and Walmart has destroyed – I'm not denying – I'm not saying Walmart's a bastion for good. What I'm saying is the elements of it is, okay, so Walmart has built an entire machine, distribution, all that stuff, to be as cheap as possible so that the price of a Hanes undershirt is $4 at Walmart and $7 at Target. So you're punishing the poor person because he needs to buy three clean Hanes undershirts, and he now has to spend – 
you know, $21 instead of $12 or, you know, whatever. But see, that's like. This is the this is the cause, right? This is the juxtaposition. This is why it's, it's so but it's, complicated. But that's part of part of that is because our purchasing power blows. Okay, and so if okay if you were if the purchasing power increases, but the cost of goods outpaces the growing no, purchasing but, power, then you still end up with the same problem. I know, but I'm saying I I I, I understand that, but um. I have so many thoughts on this. Let me think. I'm, I'm just thinking if I'm free to edit this or yeah, yeah, no. just enjoy the dead air, everyone. Um, <laughs> shut up. I'm trying to think. Okay, I'll shut up. This, then is God real or not? Because, like, I, I, mean, I, I think I, I that's it's such a wild. No, 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 but okay, hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. <laughs> hear me out on this. Like, because, like, really, it comes down to either the entire structure of our culture is fucked up and has to be dramatically overhauled. Which I'm not opposed to. Or, and, and like, like, this is what I mean by that. Like, if, like, we can't just say that, sorry, God, the markets say this and this is our system, like, this is the way it works. Sorry. And if God is real, then we have to do something. And if the stuff that we do, if it continues to become this like deeper, deeper I'm a rabbit hole, then there's something wrong with the system. And I'm not saying the answer to that is like socialism. I'm sure as fuck not saying that it is, you know, that it's, uh, you know, communism in the slightest or anything like that. So like, you know, uh, like American Magazine or wherever I'm published, I think about how Catholicism is in line with communism can go fuck themselves repeatedly. <laughs> Um, that pissed the f- oh, dude. I'm so uh, sorry. Yeah, no, I'm I know you're talking about that. Especially after reading like what the Russian Catholics went through during the Bolshevik Revolution. Fuck off, asshole. <laughs> Anyways, oh, it makes me so like, oh, oh, sorry, it makes me so furious. What a piece of shit. Anywho, um. Like, then the system needs – but my, my point is, though, like, there are things of – like, I feel like a lot of Catholics are always trying to rationalize capitalism with their faith. And when push comes to shove, your faith always trumps your wallet. Always. And either I, – I, I don't know. I, I just – now I'm angry because I'm thinking about that article. Right, right, right. So, <laughs> so, so let me bring it back kind of to what we were originally talking about. My understanding of a just wage is, is navigable immediately. A just wage is what two, two independent parties agree upon. So immediately, okay, you, uh, no, let me finish. So then sorry, two independent sorry. people agree upon it, okay? But two independent people, there's no such thing as two independent people. We're not, we don't exist in a vacuum, right? So the people who have capital, their whole role is to get the cost of labor as low as possible because the cost of labor in almost every industry is the most expensive thing, right? It's the most expensive part of producing things. So what do they do when the cost of labor is super duper high? They look for ways to minimize the cost of labor. So they build expensive capital machines so that one man can do the work of four so that you don't have to pay four people. 
So three people, did they just lose their job? Well, actually, you come to find out that as you begin to build an economy of machines and labor-saving devices and labor-increasing devices, it creates a whole new area of the economy. But then what happens is when those machines become smart, you don't build whole new – you do build a robotics industry, an AI industry, and that's a whole thing. But it doesn't get filtered down into the, the worker at the very bottom, the unskilled laborer. The unskilled laborer, right, what does that mean to have – like to have a just wage means something that I agree upon with you. It is unjust if I agree upon it with you and then you don't pay it to me. That's literally a mortal sin in the Hold Catholic Church. Yeah. But the Catholic Church also says that, like, it's – I'm trying to be – I want to make sure that we yeah. have our definitions clear here. It says – is it – are they talking about an unjust wage or a living wage? No, no, no. It, so a just wage is – it ties it to a living wage in the catechism and in, in church documents. What so, I'm saying is my understanding of a just wage as just being – Right. No, what I'm saying is I'm trying to understand how Catholic businessmen and businesswomen – can reliably use uh, a phrase like remuneration for work should guarantee man the opportunity to provide a dignified livelihood for himself and his family on the material, social, cultural, and spiritual level, taking into account the role and productivity of each, the state of the business, and the common good. So if the common good – so the Vatican – I went through all these documents written by the Vatican on – moral practices that should govern business behavior. And literally they say things like you should not outsource – Unless you have to. Like, that, like you could boil down three or four pages worth. Don't outsource to a foreign country. Try to build up the local community because that's part of the common good of the community. Unless, you know, you going bankrupt would happen, which is worse for the local community than if you have to outsource. You try to do it a little bit at a time. Don't just sweep everything out to China. Don't just sweep everything out there. Right. There's not all I'm saying is it does. It's not concrete enough for me as a businessman to make a decision because then it's whose definition of dignity, whose definition of livelihood, how big a family. What do you mean social and cultural and spiritual level? Okay, so you should have a day a week off so you can go worship whatever God you believe in. I'm 100 percent. Basically, Gomer is saying he doesn't agree with the catechism. (laughs) What I'm saying is this section of the catechism. Why don't you go and teach at UD? Is <laughs> University of Dallas or University of Dayton? Oh, Dayton, obviously. No, obviously. No, what I'm saying is the just wage part, you, I mean, you can find Catholic saints and theologians who describe a just wage as a wage agreed upon, right? So the last sentence is oh, agreement between the parties is not sufficient to justify morally the amount to, to be received in wages. I agree with that, but what I'm saying is the other side of it is not concrete enough to give clear guidance as to when it becomes sinful in my negotiations with someone I'm hiring. So if I pay an artist online to create album artwork for me and you, am I required to pay them $70,000 for a single piece of artwork? No, because, but I think that's right. Because this artist knows I have to go out and hustle and I have to get 30 gigs. That's because it's it's inherent. It's it would be different if they if we were paying them for a full time job. Okay, it's different when you're talking about contract work. Okay, I, so I can I pay think. people. So so then this is what companies do. I can't afford that, so I'm going to reduce your hours. I can't afford it, so I'm going to reduce your hours. No, uh, oh gosh, I, f- I hate the fact that I'm having to come across as like 
the Democrat here. No, I don't, because I think we're exploring this morally in a That's way true. that so often. So I said to this deacon, he's like, oh, you got to pay him a living wage. I raised my hand. I said, what does a living wage mean to you? I said, oh, you got to give people dignity. You got to allow people to participate in the culture around you. I go, what does that mean? He said, what do you mean? What does that mean? I said, well, does that mean that I participate in the free events at the local Philharmonic that is free for families? Or does that mean I should have an extra $50 a month to go to the movies with my family? Like, what, what do you count as cultural? Does that mean I have a right to McDonald's or I have a right to a four-star restaurant? Well, you don't have a right to those things. I said, I understand I don't, and I'm being absurd. But what I'm asking you for is how you just dismissed all of capitalism, good deacon, for the sake of not paying people, employers who want to pay people less. And I agree with it. And I think there's a lot of shady shit that companies do to directly hurt and wound their most vulnerable employees. I 100% agree with that. Okay, And I'm not trying to argue. What I'm saying is it's not solid enough to say dignified livelihood and living wage. Living wage for who? For a Vietnamese family, it was 40 cents a week or whatever. But for a white man, it was $10 a week. So the 40 cents people are totally fine stealing all the jobs from the white people because the white person can't live as low or as cheap as the whole fire movement. Live as cheaply as possible and save all your money. Go out on the street corner and sell roses, you know, and that, that literally turned, why are Vietnamese doing things like nail salons, like Koreans and Vietnamese, nail salons, um, dry cleaners? Why do Pakistanis do taxi cabs, right? It's stereotypical in our culture, but there's a reason why. It's because they are turnkey businesses that many people can invest in, whole families can invest in, and then immediately get the benefit from. Mm-hmm. You open up a nail salon, you have five women that are trained to do it, five men that put up the capital, and they all share the profits, and immediately um, your granddaughter is going to college, no worries. Right? But they live in one house, three families. That's what I'm saying is, so, so, so I had this woman who walked me through her beautiful college um, poverty in America class. And they, they make the students live on minimum wage, or they, they math it out, right? How, you're a single mom, you have two kids, and you make minimum wage, and you work 40 hours, and you start doing the math. And then they add another, and then you're, in the next week you come and they say, your kid got sick. How do you then tell your work that you need to stay at home with your kid? How do you pay a babysitter out of that minimum wage, right? So you can hear the fear. And the trapness yeah. of that woman. And that woman can't yeah. say, I'm going to ditch my apartment and go, I'm going to go to Oklahoma and get a better wage. I'm getting out of the, you know, the bad part of yeah. town. So I said to this, I said to my friend who was talking, I said, I want to give you one thing that can change that whole dynamic. And she said, okay. And she showed me the, the paper and the math and all that stuff. And I said, you add her sister. Her sister comes and lives with her. They live in a two-bedroom apartment. Single mom and sister. Sister sleeps on the couch. Single mom in the bedroom with the kids or whatever it is. And I said, sister works part-time. Mom works full-time. Now, all of a sudden, they have a built-in babysitter in case the kids are sick. Now, they have a car that two people can share. They have the labor that they can depend on two people. I said, the moment you add community, you decrease fear and abandonment. Right? So, I believe that the danger of capitalism is it abstracts a human person and directly attacks 
their dignity as rooted individuals. This is why I fear capitalism. It, atta it attacks our rootedness as human persons in communities and in families by saying, if you want capital, you got to be able to go and get it. Luke, you wanted to be a principal. You had to go to Idaho, right? So my fear is I don't see how, as a business owner, I can come up with this is right and that's wrong. I can understand cost of living increases. People make livelihood and living wage decisions all the time. Cost of living is one of them. And so I agree there's something there to it. But what the hell does it mean to live a dignified livelihood for you, for me, for that guy, for the Pope? But don't you think it's weird that, like, the answer is – I mean, so hear me out on, on yeah, this. I won't talk at all. <laughs> I don't believe you. Uh, I, it's, it's, it's weird because, like, my gut is to say, so the answer is, well, you, you just have to suffer. So the worker has to suffer in order to, like, you know, like, have a living wage. And I don't think I'm living with your family is suffering, but I think in our culture we define it as that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I talked. I, I so I, I guess what I'm saying is like if we're going to define if, as a culture, if we're going to define it as that, then our wages have to match that. And if they're not, then as a culture we need to redefine that. Like, this is what I'm getting to, like, either, like, you know, like, is God real or not? So, because if if, if God is real, you, like, I, I, I just, I get really pissed off when when I, as a Catholic, use capitalism to justify my decisions as opposed to Catholic moral teaching or Catholic um, social teaching. Like, I, I get mad at myself when I, that's not right. Because I can't, like, you know, it just goes down to this, to this like, whole thing of, like, you know, if we're all about, like, you know, like, I'm going to know abortion, and, I, and, and there are, there are um, quite literally tens of millions of people who step up to be pro-life in these areas. But, like, so the church does a great job of that, I think, of, of saying, like, it's not just, like, not having abortions. We're going to be there to help you through this whole, you know, whole process here. Like, it's a, it's a whole thing. It's not just saying, I'm a no to abortion. Um, it, I, I don't, I just feel like people, I feel like it's too easy to run to like, say, well, capitalism says, I'm a, says like, I'm a little of this. Therefore this church teaching here doesn't apply. It feels like, like, I feel like capitalism is the enticing of, is what makes cafeteria Catholics out of most conservative yeah. Catholics. And I will include myself in that. And I, I, I don't know what the, I don't know what the answer is, but I do know that we have to enter into trying to understand um, what it is and being willing to suffer. And we have to be willing to like. Okay, so I heard this great quote on 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 um, Catholic stuff. You um, I should know, and I'm going to butcher the hell out of this. But they were quoting this oh, Dominican or something where they said a, a mark of a good Christian isn't that they suffer – isn't that they suffer for the church, but they suffer in the church. So as a business person, if it's the choice between having to make like million dollars or having to make half a million um, – uh, half a billion and the people that I employ are paying a living wage, you – 
are required, like moral of a law would require that you make half a million. And I don't think we're willing to do that. Yeah. I, 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 I don't I don't think that is the Catholic cultural norm. I think for a lot of people it is. I can think of plenty of our friends that I, you know, could almost guarantee you that if they had to make the choice, they would make the right choice. I guarantee it. I but I don't think that's the norm. So one of the Democratic candidates in the debate said uh, South Bend Mayor Pete Batigu, whatever. <laughs> uh, he but. said, uh, Proverbs 14.31, the quote is, the minimum wage is just too low. And so-called conservative Christian senators right now in the Senate are blocking a bill to raise a minimum wage when Scripture says that whoever oppresses the poor taunts their maker. So this is the part where using Scripture and platitudes infuriate me because when you look at Scripture over and over again, when it actually talks about wages, the idea of injustice is when you deprive them of their wages, right? Not that their wages have to guarantee them a certain level of life, right? So uh, Deuteronomy says something like, you shall not oppress a hired servant who was poor and needy. Each day you shall give him his wages, right? Show no partiality to a poor man, right? So don't show partiality to a poor person, nor to a rich person, but don't show it to a poor person either because that's not just. And Jesus in the parable of the laborers in the vineyard, right? He gives them all, some worked eight hours, some worked 12 hours, some worked one hour. And he gives the people all the same amount, right? You remember the story? And then the people who worked all day are pissed. And he's like, why are you mad? Is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with my own things? Like, we agreed upon this, and that's what I'm paying you. If I want to pay everyone the same amount, regardless of one hour or ten hours, is that not lawful for me? But I don't... mm. Okay, so what I'm saying is, all I'm saying is, when we talk about this stuff politically and morally without understanding the actual economics of it, saying things like, you are oppressing the poor and violating scripture and attacking your creator when you don't approve this policy on raising the minimum wage for X, Y, and Z reasons. Now, that might be true, but that's not ipso facto what that scripture verse is saying, right? Yeah, I, I guess that's my thing. Sorry. Because, like, really quick, like, if you take the example of Christ and the people that like to like pay, like the person who works eight hours, the person who works two, are both paid the same thing. I don't think you can try to understand that ultimately through a capitalistic lens. I think you have to try to understand what is Christ trying to say and then apply it to capitalism. Right, but I'm not even saying that. I'm saying he's just talking about lawful in the eyes of both the law and morality. Is it not lawful for me to pay you what we agreed? Yeah, that's lawful. Okay, well, I I agreed to pay you this amount, and I paid it to you, and you were fine until you found out I paid other people even more. But I'm not taking away from you. I paid you what I owed you. Can I pay you what whatever I want oh, we shit. agreed? It's 1 a.m. Oh, gosh, it is. We've been yelling at each other yeah, for so don't. long. <laughs> One of the reasons why I get passionate about this is because people think minimum wage is just lower-income people who can't have access, who can't buy nice things and they suffer and it's awful. Therefore, if we bump the minimum wage, we raise them out of poverty. And that's all we have to do. And that's not what happens. Some people take minimum wage as a part-time job to supplement their income. 
And once that minimum wage goes up to a certain amount, they can't have that supplemental income. So, for instance, a good friend of mine that I'm deliberately being ambiguous wants to ultimately be a football coach for high school. He isn't. He's a teacher right now. So what he does is he works for a public school as an assistant football coach to the freshmen in the hopes of building the skill and the resume to eventually be a full-time football coach. But in the state that he lives in, they raised the minimum wage a lot. And the stipend that he was getting was now way under the minimum wage threshold. So they fired every single outside um, coach because it was illegal to hire them, even part-time because they couldn't pay a minimum wage. It was illegal to hire them. And so they made all of the current teachers and coaches, they made them the coaches because they're already paying them a wage. They're just going to add on this thing. So the kids got worse coaches. The people who were willing to work for less because, honestly, in this case, they're their labor was worth less because they have no experience and they're building that experience. Well, now they are completely deprived of the ability to build that. So they're deprived of future income and future employment and future soul enrichment and cultural enrichment because of a law that a bunch of do-gooders passed 200 miles away who couldn't see past their own moralism to see how this could affect real people and their, and so now this person's deprived of that extra $5,000 a year. And now some, you know, physics teacher who likes football but didn't really want to be a coach is now kind of being pressured by the administration to take up the coaching job. Yeah, that adds extra work without extra pay. Well, and I think this is this is the danger that I really do. I like legit I'm going to bed right after. Yeah, this is awful. This. I have a 5.30 a.m. <laughs> thing. Oh, I love um, you, Luke. I love you. <laughs> Um, uh, what the hell am I trying to say? This is the problem with not trying to understand the practicality of like idealism, you know, or, 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 yeah. or like, I, I want to do this thing. Okay. Well, what is that really like? What, like, tr- like this is the difference. This is the Anima technique of, of vacua in action. Cause it's not about understanding. It's n- really not about wisdom. It's just about, it's just about doing so it's not trying to fully understand what are actually the consequences, and and like this is why one of the, like the, I was kind of struck by this one church father who was emphasizing the need to pray for wisdom. Um, and how often do we not do that? Like, pr- like what's the I need to understand, Lord? What's the right thing to do here? Help me under help me see what needs to be done. Where quite often we don't want that a wisdom, we don't want a prudence, we just want like. Uh, whatever like looks and feels good you know so i want to be a missionary but i don't want to have to take you know i i mean to be blunt i want to go into i'm like youth ministry but i don't want to know like like how much i'm going to be paid to do that or like can i really afford to be a i'm like a i'm like youth minister like people don't think about through like what are the actual real life consequences of what you're trying to do like the good and the bad stuff of what you're trying to do and so we make these huge sweeping choices that then just fuck everything up. And we, and we wonder what God's doing and why things don't work out. Yeah. Hence why I don't like AOC. <laughs> yeah, no. No, exactly. I blocked her on Twitter and all this. I can't take it anymore. I, I, like, I like her a lot. I don't. And then I listened to a string of her talking about the ultra-rich tax and... Like, it, it is clear that she doesn't understand 
the progressive income tax. It no. fascinates me that people... This is, yeah. this is why I hate this conversation, because I feel like it just um, made me the token liberal. Because I was trying to... <laughs> when I can't stand most of the liberals that are out there. <laughs> well, all right, Luke. You have a good night. We don't have an ad for this, do we? This is two hours. This is almost three hours, Luke. And it's what almost half a gigabyte. was this? It, <laughs> it was me and you what legitimately arguing. What was this? But I, I know, but I feel bad because I wasn't trying to be like, no, that wasn't bad. I don't think you were. Just... I don't think you were. I don't think you all were. Right. I'll listen to it at double speed in six months. Shit, I shouldn't have said all that stuff about it. This coming out on Friday. <laughs> this is going to take me forever to edit. All right, adios, Luke. I that. <laughs> Sorry, now I'm like, yeah. I was lying down. Now I'm back up and I'm awake. <laughs> You're welcome, America. Luke, where can people follow you? At the Luke the. Where can they follow me? At the Lay of Angels. Adios. Love you all. Bye. <laughs>